0: No, I saw John Glenn fly into space, into space, into space. I've flown in space. I'm
1: a NASA
2: astronaut. I'm in space station.
3: Like coffee.
2: Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We are the folks who are going to be method of the madness. Reason and the unreasonable. Makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening?
1: Fantastic. Good to see you again, Aaron. How are you doing? Oh yeah, I actually forgot you guys did an episode
3: about me. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> it was great, by the way. Not that you listened.
3: <laughs> nah I'll totally listen now. I, I usually do, but I just <laughs> forgot. I was in Singapore. I was. I was gone. I was. I was fucking looking through my binoculars down in Antarctica from the southern hemisphere, like keeping an eye on things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, everyone out there, if you wanna. If you want to call in and explain to Aaron in extremely precise details how to find the uh, turn on notifications button for his podcast app for OK
1: Homo, uh,
2: <laughs> Bob, how, how can they do that?
1: 1-833-666-911. Again, that's one 666 911 What do we got for us tonight, gentlemen?
3: Well, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And I heard something that piqued my interest a little bit. And so instead of delaying this any longer, just, uh, just play the clip and then we'll, then we'll, we'll go over it.
2: Gone around the world, but we have these surveillance drones as well as these satellites that are literally
0: everywhere and that signals intelligence. So we can like tap into anywhere we want anywhere in now or in the past. Right. Right. And let me, let me give you another example of how times have changed. When Iraq invaded Kuwait on August the 2nd, 1990, we made a decision, the White House made a decision that day, we're gonna liberate Kuwait, okay? It's not, there was no hemming and hawing, we're gonna go to the UN and we're gonna see what we can do, we're gonna have negotiations. President George H.W. Bush said on August the 2nd, we're gonna liberate Kuwait. So what took us so long? Why did we wait until February of 1991? Because that's how long it took to move the satellite that was over the Soviet Union to put it over Iraq. What? Can you imagine? And we're all like patiently waiting. Where's the satellite today? Oh, it's over Turkmenistan. It's on its way. Why did it take so long for a satellite to get there? Because that's how long it took in 1990. Jesus. Yeah. They move like 17,000 miles an hour now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And in the meantime, now
1: what all right do i fundamentally not understand satellites
3: (laughs) so how how do you guys think i want you to steel man this argument for a second where you're like really try to come up with a reason on his behalf why satellites as you know them could possibly work that way where they're over russia one day four months later they're over turkmenistan And then it it takes them seven months to get it from the Russia to Kuwait. Just or just maybe just try to throw out what you guys think might have happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean,
2: I I don't. Okay, I don't know. I'm not an expert of orbital 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 mechanics. Like, I don't know exactly what it takes to move uh, a satellite from being in orbit in one place to orbit in another place. I don't know if the satellite was even supposedly in a, uh, you know, geostationary orbit to begin with. Oh, like, that's, hold on.
3: That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, do you know how geostationary orbit works? Because that's what I was thinking. If it's over one place, then it's probably geos- yeah. geostationary orbit. Did you know? That, that's the term, right? Yes. Geostationary orbit is only achievable on the equator. Which is nowhere near Russia or Kuwait. So it's not one of those. So let's, tr- let's bust out our noggins here. And uh, hey, let me, let, in case you don't believe me, I'll go uh, to Wikipedia, which never fails us. A geostationary orbit, also referred to as a geosynchronous orbital uh, qu- equatorial orbit, is a circular geosynchronous orbit 22,000 miles in altitude above Earth's equator. 22,236, to be exact. Uh, It is 26,000 miles in radius from Earth's center and following the direction of Earth's rotation. It's the only way it's possible to have a geostationary orbit.
2: That we had a lot of satellites in geostationary orbit like in other places too like what wasn't the Himawari eight geostationary orbit over that that section of the of the Pacific Ocean that's like not right at the equator or maybe that is right at the equator
3: I don't think it's ever in geostationary orbit but if they did say it is i I have a theory as to why but but let's try and we'll, look it we'll up. get to that in a second i would i would like to let Bob how about you if you've been racking your brain over there, what what do you think happened with the satellite (laughs) that took it seven months to move from Russia to Kuwait? So,
1: my, the the only way I can see, like, his, what he's saying is, like, possible is if you have a satellite just normally orbiting around the planet. Like, it has, you know, a a perfect circle around it.
3: I like where your mind's going. I've been thinking about this.
1: And they took this ring, think of it like the, the, the rings like around Saturn, and they're taking this ring and they're slightly adjusting it over the a ring. slow period of time, like seven yeah, right? And they're adjusting that ring to, yeah, yeah. instead of crossing question, over Bob? a part of Ru- Russia,
3: yeah. So if they're adjusting the direction of the orbit so that it eventually goes over top of Kuwait uh, yeah. at 17,000 miles an hour, as we're told how satellites work that way, because they're falling around Earth at seventy thousand miles. I don't well, know. How. For one, it'd need fuel, but don't don't even think about that. Here's any, here's a way easier question, a, a, a way simpler question. If that's how satellites worked and they could just adjust the orbit, but it took them seven months, why wouldn't they launch a new one that just happens
1: to fly over Kuwait? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing I was thinking about. I'm I'm like, wait a second. This is in the 90s, like uh, Russia just collapsed. So I'm thinking myself, well, there's never a better time to have a satellite over Russia than d- during the reformation of a new government. And they decided Kuwait Actually, well, this was 91, 90 to 91. But quite like, why, why, why would you not just launch another one, though? That's a great point, <laughs> because we would need to have a satellite over Russia still. Yep, Kuwait. We don't necessarily need something. Well, we needed it. We needed
3: it. it. We'll. We'll just. We needed it really bad then because we needed to attack Kuwait, but we needed a satellite over top of it to spy on them. But if if satellites work because they're adjusting the orbit path slightly over time, they could launch one that's on the correct path in one day, and it would fly over Kuwait about thirty fucking times a day. Yes. So they wouldn't do they, they wouldn't do the 7 month thing. That'd be retarded, right? We're all in agreement that yes. that would be fucking retarded. Like they're not that dumb. Now, here's here's the well, fun thing. What's so thing. special
2: about this satellite? What are they trying to accomplish with the satellite to begin with? Is Spying it just like intelligence on Kuwait
3: stuff? So that they could gather intelligence okay. to invade Kuwait. Okay. So Go on. Here, I'm going to let you in on a secret when it comes to these. This is, it's, you're going to get called a conspiracy theorist if you can tap into this power. If you can not give a fuck what other people think about you and just use your brain, you'll understand exactly how satellites work because they're the same way I've been telling you they work for two fucking years on this show. It's on a fucking balloon with little bitty thrusters because Russia to Kuwait was the closest satellite they had in 1991. And launching it from America and then flying it halfway around the world at fucking five miles an hour on a balloon would have taken even longer.
1: I feel like it would have been a balloon.
3: <laughs> it had to be.
1: Because you can't have geostationary orbit for one. Okay, first of all, who is this guy that was giving this that that made this statement?
3: Oh, it is uh John Kierakau, and he is a uh, CIA, lifelong CIA guy, retired CIA guy now.
1: Oh, dude. I I fucking hate these people. I hate these interviews because I've seen a bunch of them with that other curly-haired guy giving interviews about the CIA and stuff like that on all these different podcasts. And they sound just like fucking retards every single time. Well, like, I- it, it sounds like a psyop, right? Like... It, I it sounds go like they're
3: trying to trick us into something. Like to be like, no, no, the news is yeah. actually right. Uh he you know, but but they let shit slip like oh it took us seven months to get the satellite over Russia the thing. And then the guy's like, what? They go 17,000 miles an hour now. He's like, I, I know. <laughs> uh that's just uh how long it took in 1991 <laughs> Move past it, move fast. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The, oh, fucking hell. I feel like it also could have been a game of telephone. Let's say this this is like legit, right? Like what this guy is telling us, he heard it firsthand or secondhand from another officer in his service and stuff like that. And it was just information that got passed down from a control room to one guy, to another jarhead to another retard service member, to this guy. And I feel like that, is how this kind of this statement came about through a game of telephone. Through he, uh, people that had no idea what satellites do.
3: Well, <laughs> I think they he, function. He was like in like he was in meetings where like they're discussing discussing the invasion plans of like Iraq and Saudi Arabia, and then like he said how they were talking about how they were gonna invade Iran and then they just didn't. But um, during, you know, the Middle East conflict there after 2001. But, like, he's not low on the totem pole. He was in, like, some important meetings with some important people. Um, but still, don't let, don't let his, whether he's in the CIA, detract from a very clear statement that he made. <laughs> they waited seven months because they needed satellite information on Kuwait and that's how long it took to go from Russia to Kuwait with their satellite. In no way of how they present satellites does that make any sense.
1: Correct. (laughs) And and the host of the podcast was also just as confused too.
3: Yeah, (laughs) because he just repeats how they tell us satellites work. The host is like, what? That's crazy. They go 17,000 miles an hour. And he's just like, "Uh, yeah, actually just just for the sake, could you please just replay that one more time?" I I just want to <laughs> yeah. listen to it again to really drive the point home now that we know what we're all listening for.
0: Us, right? Right. And let me let me give you another example of how times have changed. When Iraq invaded Kuwait on August the 2nd, 1990, we made a decision. The White House made a decision that day. We're going to liberate Kuwait. Okay? It's not, there was no hemming and hawing. We're going to go to the UN and we're going to see what we can do. We're going to have negotiations. President George H.W. Bush said on August the 2nd, we're going to liberate Kuwait. So what took us so long? Why did we wait until February of 1991? Because that's how long it took to move the satellite that was over the Soviet Union to put it over Iraq. What? Can you imagine? And we're all like patiently waiting. Where's the satellite today? Oh, it's over Turkmenistan. It's on its way. Why did it take so long for a satellite to get there? Because that's how long it took in 1990.
1: Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, so
3: in the... Th- it- funny because you think like maybe they're rotating the orbit like they're adjusting the orbit and it's like these little thrusters or something but he literally says it's over Turkmenistan like it's over it's just over a spot
1: correct and with like the follow through so it almost sounds like this is what the upper brass was telling everyone else we're waiting to invade we're waiting to quote unquote liberate I like how they say liberate liberate. we're (laughs) We're gonna wait. We gotta wait for the satellite, guys. But in all honesty, doesn't it seem just like logical that they would postpone that invasion by seven months? Not postpone it, but it would take them seven months to mobilize all the logistics behind the U.S. military action.
3: Maybe, but they just want to know where everything is before they before they land shit.
1: Right. <sighs> God, See,
2: I'm, I'm it, not as. Go ahead. I'm not familiar with the whole Desert Storm era of warfare. What's uh, I, I'm I'm trying to think of like whether this would have even been necessary. Like, what information they'd be getting from the satellite that would really change um how they're conducting this invasion? Google Earth.
3: Google Earth is what they got out of it. Like that, the only thing that we actually get out of satellites, it's it's fucking aerial photos. That's it. Yeah, that's what they got like of
1: surveillance it. of troop movements and where, you know, where the troops are and stuff like that.
3: That's exactly what we've always gotten from satellites. That's what satellites do. The only. The only thing with satellites that is bullshit is that they're not the Arthur C. Clark version where they're flying through space, ripping through space at 17000 miles an hour. That's not real. That doesn't exist. They're balloon satellites. They talk about they have balloon satellites. They launch them all the time, but that's the only ones that actually exist. The other ones don't exist. (laughs) I mean, it'd
2: be a matter of like what what practical use do we get out of satellites going through multiple orbits a day
3: if they're not on the equator? Um, Like. Uh, Exactly. How would you how would you ever connect to that if it's going 17,000 miles an hour? How would you ever get a signal from that or to that? That's useful at all.
1: Well, do you mean in like file transfer, like communication to the ground or just yeah. like image capture? Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be difficult because you just have a satellite pointing at it and the satellite doesn't have to move very far on the ground to. No, keep it does. At- Bob,
3: it's it's only most of those satellites are only like 300 miles above the ground. So. Yeah. 300 miles above the ground doesn't increase the fucking radius that much, to be honest, of like, of the circle path that it's traveling on. And it's going Mach 22. So it's going uh, like five times faster than anything we've ever had fly in our atmosphere. Imagine getting a signal off of a fucking something that's breaking the sound barrier by 22 times that literally not possible. And, and it's not, it doesn't increase the radius of where you're pointing at it that much by being 300 miles in the air.
1: So from the ground, are you saying you see like a shooting star, like a, in the, the blink ground, of an eye? You see no, it.
3: you wouldn't even see it. It'd be like, like gone. Like it would be like, you might see uh, if it was like a, if it was as bright as like the North star, you'd see it like, Like gone, like it be invisible for like two seconds. I mean,
1: given given what we have, like with with other things, like how you can see the ISS and see all those other things, like it's not no, like it it moses across the sky for the most part.
3: Well, but yeah, but the ISS is also, yeah, it's
2: not going through like two hundred orbits a day.
3: Here, no, here's the problem with the ISS. Uh, if you, if you look at the orbit of the ISS on a, uh, on the flat earth map, it's just a toroidal pattern. Like you ever have those like spinograph fucking spiral pen things that make the toroidal patterns. Yeah. Basically w- w- we live in a giant magnetic field. They have something floating around up there in this pattern, but it's using like a magnetic field to fly around. But the, that- it, let's just say it's it flies around the way they say it is, okay? It's seventeen. That's what I was asking. Round. Thank you. Let's let's <laughs> assume that it's the way they say it is. It's only the size of a 747. When it's put up against the moon, which is the only time you can see it, is when it's backlit by the moon. Um. So you you have it backlit by the moon. It, it's only about half the size of a plane. So wherever it is, it's not. 200 miles in the air. It's not where they say it is. It doesn't make sense the size that you see it as from the ground to be 200 okay, miles away or you we're wouldn't not, see it.
1: I'm not asking about the, the fucking flat earth stuff. What is like how fast is the ISS going relative to the satellite that you're talking about? Is, is it much higher? So, so, do we have, I, hold on, do we have information about the distance or the radius of yeah, yes, yes. that he's saying. Yeah, here's about. the
3: thing. You're saying you can yeah. see the ISS. The ISS goes 17,000 miles an hour, allegedly, and is 200 miles in the air. And you can see that. The problem is, I'm saying the ISS appears to be, by the size that it's stated, would only be about 20 miles in the air.
1: That's it's a well. So the fact that you can see it
3: doesn't make it, it's not a good <laughs> example. You know what I mean?
1: <sighs> Well, yes, it Probably. is. I have a couple of numbers. Go ahead. Fuck it. <laughs>
2: so <Sorry>, a couple <laughs> numbers if, if you're curious. The, so, just to kind of help contextualize what we're looking at, um, and like the speeds and how fast I'm going to fly across the sky, uh, the, the ISS um, orbits the Earth 16 times a day, and okay. but like GPS satellites orbit the Earth approximately twice a day. Um, so, kind of to get get kind of the the bounds of what we're looking at. So, what kind of you know, let's say yeah. between okay.
1: So that's what I Between was trying like to put into, into context oh, here. Wait a second. How do the
3: GPS satellites only orbit twice a day? Where do they, how fast, aren't they in orbit also? Because don't they have to be going like 17,000 miles an hour?
2: Um, yeah, so they're, well, no, no. But I mean, it's it's because the the circumference is bigger, like at different, uh, different orbits. So satellites are medium Earth orbit. It says about a, 12,000 miles up, and the ISS is uh, at um, low Earth orbit, 1,200 miles up. Wait, so, they claim GPS uh, satellites you know, are 12,000
3: miles away?
2: Yes. Um, but kind of looking at the, like, you know, circumference of a circle, th- that's yeah, 10 times. 10 no, times, no, that's uh, huge. Di- difference I, I was saying the
3: 300 miles was only, like, is not that huge.
2: Yeah, so 300 miles, that, that's probably like twelve times a day or something.
1: Right. But like 300, do oh, sorry, we have, no,
2: no, three hundred. No, that's probably excuse me. No, three three hundred is probably more. I that's I got the numbers mixed up.
1: But we're not talking we don't have any reference point for satellites in what we're talking about here that are that close to the Earth though. Right?
2: Uh I didn't read the the I, I missed or I didn't read it correctly. This the twelve hundred miles for the ISS is the maximum for low earth orbit um, so it, it does go down to the full range for the
1: Aaron was saying like whatever however many miles like 50 or 30 or something or 300
2: yeah well low, low earth orbit goes down to 100 miles I forget exactly at that where the ISS is at but you can say it's probably still the scale
3: of like 200 to 250 is the ISS
2: uh, oh okay yeah so that, that stick with that sixteen orbits a day, like that's that's our number. That's what we're going with.
3: Well, not if they're okay. trying to say that these satellites are twelve thousand miles in the air.
1: It, it, it's even weirder when well, you they're different satellites. Okay, well let's, let's focus on like the GPS satellites for a second because like I have like a Garmin like GPS tracking device that I can take out into the backwoods and it'll track me and stuff like that, and like they give a visual representation of how this tracking mechanism works with like this grid of satellites that orbits the planet. It's kind of like one of those uh fucking like superhero movies where like they show it and it's like the satellites make like an octagon if they all get connected together and it's like it it kind of just bubbles the globe. So it's like when one satellite th- this is why it's even dumber. It's like when one satellite Moves out of range. The next satellite starts picking up images and starts sending the feed and stuff like that. So there's a continual feed of things. but It's like, yeah, why wouldn't they just launch a dozen more satellites? Because apparently there's just hundreds of like there's thousands of satellites up in our atmosphere or up in like yeah. So you know. I guess i
2: do, I did get a I do get a couple quick numbers on that as well. Um, I got a a chart of uh, active satellites. Um, from 1957 to present. Uh, for in reference, 1991. So kind of the year we're focusing on for this particular story. Uh, for uh, Kuwait, Iraq is um, there were 492 satellites total in the sky. Uh, in the 2010s, there was a huge jump up, and it um, yeah 2016 on it started jumping up from um, 1400 to 1700 to 2000 to 2200 and. Uh, the most recent number they've listed here is a 2022, uh, 6,900. Um, so we have about 15 times the number of satellites in the sky today as we did in 91. Well, more now, but uh, in 2022, we did.
1: I feel like even back then. Idea. So it's
2: a 492.
1: Yeah. If it was a legitimate technology back then, I feel like the U.S. government would have been like, all right, let's send another 20 satellites over and in, in, so we can cover Kuwait. The other option yeah. is that they're talking about, yeah, the other option is that they're talking about a fucking balloon.
3: Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they're talking, especially when they're saying it's over Turkmenistan, you know, a spot in between Russia and, yeah. and, and
2: <laughs> Well, not that it's over Turkmenistan for five minutes and then it goes around and yeah. it's over Turkmenistan again in four hours. And then it's over Turkmenistan again. Another four. Like that's how it's fucking works. Yes. Like if you yes. sh- shift it slightly, you could just get it <laughs> over even Iraq. Say it's over Turkmenistan. Like,
3: You'd say it's over this like degree longitude. of parallel. Well, yeah, yeah, longitude, exactly. latitude. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's why I brought up the game of telephone too, because it's like they could be have yeah referencing something along those lines, where it's like, oh, we're on this parallel now. Now we're moving down to this parallel. Uh. And but they're still, just dumb generals that months. don't know what the fuck they're actually talking about.
3: But yeah, I could see them being boomers, not understanding the technology and saying it fucked up. But like, yeah, the way he's saying it is like not the way you're taught. You're, he's not talking about it like you're talking about a satellite. Yes, I
1: agree. <laughs> 100% I agree with that. He's talking about the it like he... it's a
3: stationary thing that's flying
1: from Russia to <laughs> <Okay>. Kuwait. <laughs> yes. Which is the biggest point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> yes, the way that I agree with you 100%. I the way he delivered that, the way he portrayed that message, it sounded like they were just moving the atmosphere balloon or the yeah. Even when the kids like, balloons. "Wow, they go 17,000 miles an hour now." And he's like,
3: "Uh, that's just how fast they went in 91." Yeah. Like he couldn't even
1: come up with a good yeah, the excuse.
2: Gravity of the earth changed.
1: Especially Maybe- after what was
2: how how different was our space satellite technology now? i know, like i know we've had a lot of
3: it wasn't sputniks the first one that one's supposed to be fucking rip, ripping around earth <laughs> about 70,000 yeah, like, miles an hour or whatever especially
2: in the last in the last few years if we have 15 to 20 or to 30 times the number of satellites we had in 1990 like yes we have more technology but that was like uh, Nineteen ninety was still post moon landing. Nineteen ninety was still pretty modern when it came to space technology and satellites, and in my opinion.
1: Like, right? Correct. Oh yeah, huge, okay, okay. huge yeah, so, technological leap.
3: Yeah. So, why are your closing thoughts on this? Then uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up, Bob. What do you what do you think about this? What about this satellite? I
1: think this guy was talking about a fucking weather balloon. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dash, what do you think happened here?
3: I.
2: Yeah, like, he's not talking about a satellite with regards to getting it over... Was it was Iraq or Kuwait? I'm, like, blanking Kuwait. what the clip actually said. Kuwait. Iraq. All right. and I think Kuwait. It,
3: they wanted to go over Iraq. That the satellite sense. was going to go over Iraq. That's what... Sorry. Oh, okay.
2: Okay, that's... Yeah, that's... Okay, that's what I was trying to... Yeah, but, uh, like, yes, how he's describing the movement and how it's affecting operations and how the updates are given does not reflect a satellite. I agree. <laughs>
1: Um. How quick question? How long did it take that Chinese spy weather balloon to go from coast to coast?
3: Dude, it was probably the Han mm-hmm. Dynasty. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why China denied it. They're like, oh, do, we didn't do this. It was.
1: No. You, you see how <laughs> you know, long, long at, it took? Though.
3: Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It took like 4,000 <laughs> yeah, yeah, years how, to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. <laughs> so like, that's funny. We, <laughs> the, here's the thing. My, my big thing with satellites is I, I pose this question. And like every, anybody that's listening to this at all, think of any other industry, any industry, you know, somebody that's involved in that industry, or you know, you're at least one person removed from it. You either know somebody or you know, somebody that knows somebody that's in every industry. Not fucking one of you knows a single person that's involved in launching, like, Verizon, the Verizon satellites. Like, not one person you've ever known is involved in the Dish Network satellites so that you could get NFL Sunday ticket. No one's ever launched those. You've never seen the Indeed ad for it. It doesn't fucking exist. Every other thing is, exists. Like, nuclear submarines. You know people that work on nuclear submarines in some capacity. But satellites, for some reason, even though we all use them every single fucking day, no one's ever known somebody in that industry once in their life.
2: Aaron's just taking you on. We know you're out there listening. 833 666 nine eleven Let your voice be heard. You work on these satellites. You launch them on a, a daily you, basis,
1: I'm sure. Do you know anybody that's ever worked on them? No, but my my question is right now is... Be- because every space launch is fucking televised and it's a big thing these days. How do they get them up there? Is it like? Is it? It's not rocket propulsion, is no, it? They're,
2: they're, uh It depends. <laughs> they. They. Some of them. I don't like, know, you, Bob, because no one works in that, that industry. Were,
3: not a single person we've ever heard of. <laughs> Even though we all use them. That has to be the most lucrative industry of all time. Like a hundred guys work in that industry and everyone uses their product. They must all make a a fucking billion dollars each. Like, you know what I mean? Have you ever heard of an industry that that services the entire globe and no one works there? That's fucking wild, isn't it?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, people who work... Nothing's even plumbing to wastewater treatment plants or something.
3: (laughs) Think of another. What's the second place industry where the least people work on it and everybody uses it? Is there anything that's even compared? That's like comparing trying to figure out what the second smartest animal on Earth is compared to humans. That's what the satellite industry, the amount of workers compared to the amount of customers is. It's like you're the second place isn't even close.
1: I would also like to say I've never met a real journalist, so <laughs> those may not exist I either. You
2: consume <laughs> their products every day.
1: If you just say the yeah.
3: n-word enough online, then they will call you.
1: <laughs> okay, real journalists will call
3: you. There's a way to get a hold of them.
2: One eight
1: thirty
2: three. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just like a, a an ad for like a banner ad for real journalists in your area. <laughs>
1: Oh, I can't find any matches. (laughs) Uh,
2: I I want to so so. Aaron talked about Aaron talked about uh, a failing of the CIA, the the, a um you know some idiots in the CIA who clearly don't know how satellites work. I want to talk about one of the big success stories of CIA and intelligence gathering in foreign wars. Um. So are you guys still following the war in Ukraine, you know, where hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians are dying uh, and Russia is still the big, bad, evil. And we definitely uh, imposed sanctions on them for years now. And they're collapsing like that that war. Are you following it all?
1: Josh, that is uh, Russian propaganda. Ukraine has only lost 30,000 soldiers in this conflict. So get your facts straight. But yeah, I do know about it. <laughs> Official numbers, by the way. Uh,
2: very good. Very good. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> now, with, with that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, despite the NATO announcement the other day that Ukraine's going to join NATO, definitely, um, Ukraine's not a part of NATO. And uh, we're, there's, not for, there's not U.S. involvement. There's not official NATO military involvement because Russia has threatened uh, nuclear weapons, nuclear warfare, if there are official NATO soldiers' boots on the ground in the country. Yes. So obviously there aren't official NATO allied soldier boots in the ground of the country, right?
1: Uh, Oh, uh, what are you trying they're, to they're say? Just, you know, they're
2: across the border. They're tra- They're They're, we, we got some soldiers across the border training troops like in Poland and stuff. Maybe, maybe, uh, transferring some weapons in Poland and stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe but nothing, nothing in the country itself. Hopefully
1: right? I wouldn't want to start a nuclear war.
2: Uh, Josh, let's, let's what's what's the, jo- the,
1: the yes? reassure me, please.
2: <laughs> um,
3: <clears throat> where's the title of this article? Jesus Christ! Sorry.
2: I copy and pasted it to Word
3: document because it's. I was gonna say uh, you asked a rhetorical uh, question, and then didn't hey, have Walt. the answer to it. <laughs> 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 oh,
2: Let him burn. <laughs> ah, here we go. <laughs> the spy war: How the CIA secretly helps Ukraine fight Putin. Okay, let's, let's let's see where this goes. Did, did you have any inkling uh, any idea that C- the CIA was at all involved in Ukraine?
3: No, they would never be involved in uh, overthrowing of a foreign government
1: Never. yeah I, but, I would but if, never... if
2: you were to, if you were to speculate, if you were to theorize like just practically, um, when in the course of this war, like would you have guessed that <laughs>
3: Seven years yes. before it happened, when they were doing yeah. it, when they overthrew the last Ukrainian government, I don't know when, that when
1: Obama's Secretary of State was deciding who to put into office in Ukraine. Yeah, twenty fourteen and a little before that.
2: Uh, Aaron, you're you're a uh, seven years is not quite right. Um, the listening post in the Ukraine forest is part of a CIA supported network of spy bases constructed in the past eight years. Not seven, eight years. Um, That includes 12
3: secret locations along the Russian border. I said 10 years. I said 2014.
2: Guys, oh, don't fight. sorry. Not on the show. Well, what am I thinking?
3: Well...
2: said <laughs> <laughs> so seven years before the war. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, before the war, the Ukrainians proved themselves to the American by collecting intercepts that helped, ru- helped prove Russia's involvement at the 2014 downing of a commercial jetliner, Malaysia Airlines Flight 17... So this is a big collaboration, a big 10-year collaboration between the CIA and Ukrainian intelligence, the best buds in the world.
3: Wait, did they just say that Russia downed the Malaysian plane? Yes. Yeah. When did that
1: happen? When did that Wait. I thought this was like a Bermuda we found Triangle type for thing. Ukrainian
2: intelligence.
1: They yeah, they set up bases to prove it was them. I don't know how they would do that, but right? Is that what they said? They
2: No, they said they, they, uh, they helped, they helped prove Russian and Russians, Russia's involvement. So it's, it's a fact. They're blaming Russia
3: for the Malaysia plane. Now I thought that was like a fucking, no one knew who done it. Right. Am I, am I having a Mandela situation here?
2: No, no, no. You're right. I, I've seen conspiracy podcast episodes in the last few years talking about the Malaysia airlines flight 17, like, It's, I thought it was an open, an open case.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is not. You're like saying something that's like never been a thing like this is Josh. This is like the start of where they just change all the articles (laughs) to say that we knew Russia did it. And then everyone memory holes it and thinks that Russia did it from the start.
2: Uh, On another note, the Ukrainians also helped the Americans go after the Russian operatives who meddled in the 2016 U.S. presidential election in case, oh, case you didn't think that was proven yet either <laughs> <laughs> ukraine is protecting democracy not quite enough in 2016 but fortunately with uh our, our growing help uh they were able to protect it in 2020
3: i love how they they started with the the russians gay like the russians installed a president in the united states to all the way down to like he, well, he said Mar-a-Lago was worth ninety million, and I don't think it was a nickel above eighty-two. Like what? Like that's how that's how far down. <laughs> Whoa! Their that's election fucking... interference
2: right there, and I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to censor you.
3: <laughs> oh, so stupid! I can't, I can't take the news. This is why I don't keep up on this stuff. Oh, it's
1: only beginning. To um, worst. but
2: this came out just like a just a couple days ago. Yeah, the 25th. Uh, so three days ago. We, we got this big New York Times piece talking about the CIA's involvement in Ukraine. Uh, yeah, so ingrained, the CIA officers remained at a remote location in Western Ukraine when the Biden administration evacuated U.S. personnel the week before the invasion. Um, yeah, if, during the invasion, they relayed critical intelligence, including where Russia was planning strikes and which weapon systems they would use. Um, so, yeah, we, we got, you know, the boots on the grounds. Uh, American agents um, doing the Lord's work in... Uh, in Ukraine, um, despite having denied it for three years straight at this point or two years however long it's been straight at this point.
3: I don't know. This this article sounds schizophrenic. I mean, I don't doubt that we're obviously we have people there. But like since we installed their government and it's apparently a gigantic money funnel for our oligarchs. But. Like this article is nuts. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 was Russia's fault, and we've got CIA agents and doing secret spy work, and how that's a good thing, and like, what the fuck, election fraud, like election interference in 2016, like they got this. Just sounds delusional, like an op-ed delusional piece.
1: Is it an opinion piece, Josh?
3: Uh, Or let me see, like if it's every piece is an opinion piece, I I don't. Well, whether they call it that or not.
1: Okay, so here's my take on it. Of course, we needed secret bases for the CIA in Ukraine because it was going to take another seven months to get the spy satellites over the area.
3: All I'm saying. (laughs) Oh yeah, we had to fly it back from Iraq back to fucking (laughs) Ukraine. Do you know how long that takes on (laughs) balloon energy?
2: No, but now they do the more energy efficient route like they're doing with the moon landing. So instead of taking like nine days, it takes two months or whatever. Like it's it's that 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 equation.
3: Yeah, it's probably thrusters that are powered by like TI-80 fucking uh, solar panels like from the calculators. <laughs> like, uh, that's how that's what's powering those balloons to fucking chug along back over to Russia.
1: You know it's funny because Texas Instruments probably is making these things for the for the Pentagon.
3: <laughs> Dude, it's probably what their money has gone to since people didn't need calculators anymore and they're on people's phones. Texas Instruments—do they even still exist? If they still exist, they're definitely making balloon
1: satellites. They have to. They have or at to. least the
3: solar panels.
1: They still exist, and they are primarily a weapons contractor for the Pentagon. Yeah, they just happen to make calculators as well. Wait, literally? Yeah. You didn't know that? Pop. They make fucking missiles. That. Not make
3: me research Texas instruments and find out that they fucking make 70% of our balloon satellites.
1: Because <laughs> I will do it.
2: Oh, no! okay.
1: okay. Josh, what'd you find?
2: As the defense industry consolidated, TI sold its defense business to the Raytheon company in 1997 for $2.95 Oh, shit. So they no longer have a defense division, but in 97, it was worth three billions. So that's kind of the, they were a big deal then. Like post-Cold post War, they were three billion. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my so they don't God. make the satellites now, but they made the one that no, was flying yeah. from Russia to Kuwait. Got it. Yeah. Maybe. In 91. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It literally well, was uh, powered the, the by New York the Times article. solar panels.
1: <laughs> what was that, Josh?
2: Uh, the New York Times article is under a uh, uh, world news um, subsection, Europe.
1: Ah, so it's nothing so not, but not, facts.
2: Not
1: <laughs> Hard hitting. Yeah, investigative facts. journalism. Okay, perfect. That's all I needed
2: to know. Yeah. So, so the rest of the article just kind of goes on and on and on for pages about all the big successes of the Ukrainian CIA uh, intelligence agency collaborations over the last ten years. Um, things like the Malaysia Airlines flight case, but there are a bunch of other things like that. Uh, I didn't read through most of it. I just kind of want to get the update on the war here and the the goofiness that is, yes, the U.S. is extremely involved, and this is how.
3: Definitely the thing that catches my eye the most is the Malaysia Airlines thing. That's fucking insane, that they're just claiming to know that Russia was involved. Like, that's...
2: Yeah, as as I'm skimming through, like, there's not... I don't think they have a lot of details. Like, it's just like, oh, the... Ukrainians intercepted a call that told them this, and that, that's it.
1: And I think it was like delivered to the public like years later, in in like a just an offhand news report. Oh, uh, American intelligence agencies have determined that Russia was involved in taking down Malaysia Air Flight, kind of thing. It, yeah, yeah, my,
3: sure they were. They're involved in everything <laughs> somehow,
1: right? Uh I like how Russia comes out and says if there's any NATO involvement whatsoever in Ukraine we're going to start a nuclear conflict and then immediately the New York Times decides to let's write our resume of how the CIA and the Ukrainian government collaborated to take down the Russians. <laughs> well, you know why? Cuz like no, they, it's run they, they by waited a few bunch years of Jews for Ukraine to know, be winning Luke's the war. Oh. I didn't hear either of you. Yeah,
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Well, we'll cut that last part out.
2: They just waited a few years until Ukraine was winning the war. So now, now we're in the clear.
3: Winning. Great. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that Russia is uh, officially a conquered state and part of Ukraine.
1: <laughs> by Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I, I,
3: in my opinion, it's because the New York Times is uh, run by Jews, and they also know that nukes are
1: fake. So, oh, so I can like, bring it on. You wanna Yeah, they're poking the bear being like, Do you want to tell the public they're fake? Or do you want us to tell them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What else do you have for us, Josh? I hopefully it's about the planet and saving it.
2: <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, as as if as if the US's involvement in the Ukraine wasn't enough to save the planet, we have uh something you know, <laughs> a little uh, personal interest type story um here here at home in the u.s and in arizona uh near tempe they're developing uh what is known as one of the first intentionally developed walkable cities car free cities uh as someone who lives in arlington where the hashtag car free diet is promoted everywhere and they got a bunch of booths up at the pool for whatever goddamn reason um (laughs) what uh i love i don't know like it was something i ran the other day where they just had like a little like some that? bunch of yeah yeah I, i've seen it before but like i don't know i don't know if whatever they have like these quote-unquote car free days that don't mean anything and no one follows either but it's like hey everyone should uh
3: in solidarity just not drive today because you definitely don't have work work and groceries and things to do is that like when they pretend that uh, women are going to not go to work for a day and it's going to shut down the economy and then they
1: <laughs> nothing? we <happens>. always
3: <laughs> beg them to do it and they never do it? <laughs>
2: exactly. Yes. However, <laughs> unlike that near Tempe, Arizona, they're making a real difference. Bob?
4: Americans work from home. They're changing the way they live, seeking more social walkable communities. But are they willing to give up their cars entirely? One real estate developer is making a bet that in Tempe, Arizona, they will. That's where we find CNBC's senior real estate correspondent Diana Oleg. Hi, Diana. Hey Contessa. Yeah, this new $170 million rental community has all the amenities. The fitness center, the dog park, the outdoor kitchens. Well, what it does not have is cars. Cul de sac is the first community in the US designed specifically for car-free living co-founder ryan johnson said it's what americans
2: want yeah so so wonderful thing for the environment uh walkability because i mean like you want things to be convenient right you want a community to actually you want to actually be part of your community right um but it might not be all as sunshine and rainbows as it seems at first
4: Now, walkable neighborhoods are, of course, all well and good when the weather is fine and lovely like it is now. But in Tempe, Arizona, in the summer, it can be well over 100 degrees for weeks at a time. So the summer will be the real test to see if this idea can go the distance. Back to you guys. But it's interesting because it might be the first planned community to forbid cars or parking or whatever. But lots of people live without cars. I mean, look at New York City. So the advantage... In New York City is that, yeah, you can go out and just walk to where you need to go and use mass transit. But, I mean, Phoenix is a car town. Tempe is a car town. And and it's not like that light rail gets used very much.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> sigh. That fucking sigh. What a bitch. Why she, She's on TV getting paid for this and she's being skeptical about walkable cities. What the fuck? It's, it, it, it's paradise behind that lady. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nobody even uses light rail. That's why we can't have light rail because of people like you, you
3: fucking bitch. Well, her example of like a walkable (laughs) green city was New York city, which by the way, is like the most disgusting place on earth. Well,
1: the, one of the most densely populated places in the United States of America too. And it's like, it's great. You could have this bubble in the middle of Phoenix, you know, Tempe's just outside of Phoenix. Um, but What happens when you need to get outside of it? Because there is no, like, she expressed the light rail. The light rail does not take you to many places in the Phoenix Valley. Like, it just doesn't go anywhere. It takes you from, like, ASU to, like, downtown. And, like, that's about it.
4: Is to depend on community transportation rather than using so many cars and so much gasoline and so many emissions, might I say.
0: As you walk around the area, do, could you see yourself living there? In other words, are there sufficient dry cleaners or, for me, the coffee shop, the liquor store, whatever it is,
3: <laughs> so that you could you could get, get by without having to go get in a car and go to a grocery or a Target or whatever?
4: Well, honestly, you'd have to walk out of the community for certain services like that. There is a grocery store in the community. But what I ask is, you know, people with kids. Look, anybody who has kids, I had them. You are moober and duber when they're from middle school up until they get a license in high school. So I think it would be hard for families to live in a community like this because they have to drive their kids Mm -hmm. to so many different places. So again, maybe this is more for young people. Maybe it's more for retirees who aren't so car dependent. It's an experiment. Is the whole country going to go this way? Probably not, but it could work for a lot of people.
3: Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. He's (laughs) backpedaled quite
2: a bit from that introduction. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I love that this guy is like, "Uh, I need my suits pressed. I need to get fucked up. Like can
1: i do that walking
2: because he's a real working (laughs) professional
1: i like how he followed it up he followed that part up with how are people supposed to get by i need coffee i need my suits (laughs) pressed and then i need to get drunk what about blowjobs where do i get those (laughs) (laughs) there's no shady Thai massage parlor you you, you might even walk
2: out of the community
1: yeah (laughs) When it's a (laughs) hundred and like 17 degrees outside in the middle of summer in Tempe. Yeah. Like good luck. Like if you don't have a car and you're not going to use light rail to get somewhere, you're fucked. You're going to boil alive trying to walk down the sidewalk.
3: (laughs) If any of these people that are in this entire presentation, except for that one cool old guy were my neighbors, they'd be in an HOA making my life hell (laughs) until I blew my brains out. Like they're the worst people I've ever seen. Look oh at the yeah, face on this fucking redhead. Oh,
1: she looks the, like a the lady pitching it. Yeah, oh, yeah, she, she looks like horrible. the the head of a homeowners association that makes you want to go kill uh, killdozer. <laughs> the, the looks community. like her name <laughs> is
3: Kathy. Like <laughs> she sucks. It really does.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I love how easily she goes from the <laughs> yes, yes, Bob. Okay, so Bob's scrubbing back to the beginning of the video where she's this bright smile on her face so she's so excited less emissions walkable city is what we've always wanted everything you need within 5 minutes within your within reach and then just a little bit of bullying from the newscasters back in the station, and uh, she's like, "It's just an experiment. Uh, uh, uh. Let's <laughs> let's see how it goes. It's a great idea in theory. I know there are some limitations. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live here, but it's definitely uh the future, or maybe not, or something. That's what five minutes does to a woman of this resolve.
3: I, I love how she- I love how the only people that it probably wouldn't work for are people with families you know the thing that every single person in your bloodline throughout the course of human history has had hence why you exist it's like
2: no didn't you oh. hear old uh, young young people and old people that's who it, it, it uh, <laughs> appeals to um people who have no definitely aren't going to start a family and definitely don't have close ties and are supported by their families like young people and old people
1: all right okay guys hear me out we lock all the boomers and the zoomers together in these places. <laughs> I'm dying. <in> the
2: 120
1: <laughs> degrees sun. Yeah.
2: Okay.
3: Dude, they're like the concentration. Oh camps. shit. Like, the they're, power's they're, out. We have just... no
2: air conditioning for three days. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Arizona. It's 120 degrees. You can't leave. You can't walk more than 200 feet outside of outside without air conditioning. There is no difference between this planned community and like the concentration camps we threw Japanese people in. Except instead of barbed wire as your uh, gate, as your border, it's just the sun and immediate death upon trying well, to leave. Wait, <laughs> wait no, Aaron,
2: there's, there's a big difference. These people are paying $2,500 a month for a 500 square foot studio apartment. That's, that's the difference.
1: Someone is investing. She said it was $170 million property investment. And you can only rent there. You can't buy any condos; just rentals. It's like, who the fuck thought of this? This is has to be the dumbest thing. But I mean, like, housing is like on the crunch right now. Like, people need housing, so like, I could see people moving into this thing. And like, it
2: they they make a comment at some point that it's it's more expensive than the rest of the city. Like, there's no reason to go there.
3: Oh, it's more expensive (laughs) because you don't get to have a car. That's fucking is.
1: It sounds like a like a gayer version of like that Disney um, homeowners association that they started. They started a, oh, shit, a, yeah. a neighborhood outside of Disney World that's owned by Disney. You bought you like lease the property from Disney, and Disney is like the homeowners association.
3: It sounds like a gayer version of prison. Like oh yeah, it's prison, <laughs> but you want the sodomy.
1: <laughs> it's fucking <not getting> horrible. <laughs> I love that, like the sales pitch lady. She was like, "Well, I have a family and kids, and I'm what she call it? She she, she meant to say Uber like, Ubers and, Uber. and du- I have No idea what the fuck she yeah. but I that.
2: I didn't. No, I missed that the first time. No, it's mom Uber and dad Uber. That's what she's saying.
1: Oh, uh, uh, Uber and Duber. I, I I didn't me? catch
2: that the first time.
1: Yeah, I hate I <laughs> is that I hate her. To say now, I hate her even more <laughs> than I did. <laughs> but even she, the person trying to pitch this idea to the news, she's like, "Yeah, it wouldn't be so good for me." got a lot of places to go. (laughs) It's like, so anybody,
3: I can't believe they've convinced this many, uh, this many retards that like a car, your car is going to kill the planet, which is insane. Like volcanoes exist and people don't understand the scale of the emissions of a volcano. And then like, they think that not driving a car does anything.
2: Oh, I was going to say, she's talking about this community. Walkable. Great. Everything's there. Oh, wait. Nothing's there except literally just a grocery store. I walk outside. Within a ten-minute walk, there's five grocery stores, uh, multiple gyms, two liquor stores, a pool, multiple parks, and uh, Amazon HQ. Like, why do we need to create this fucking city at all? It's a a failure at what it is.
3: Well, Josh, you don't understand. See, the perk is... You get to spend even more money, and then when you want to like go to the airport because you want to like go somewhere, you can't because you don't have a car. <laughs>
2: Perfect. But that light rail that goes straight to the airport, right, Bob?
1: If you if you wanted to yeah, to go burn more emissions, you couldn't because you can't make the three hundred foot run from <laughs> your apartment <laughs> complex in the sun out to the light rail. <laughs>
3: No, instead of driving 20 miles, whenever you need to drive 20 miles, you have an Uber driver drive 20 miles to you, then drive the 20 miles because that somehow is better.
1: Yeah, there you go. I I think it might be an ownership thing, too, because she was talking about a lot of, like, ride sharing stuff and community transportation and it reminded me of that um, idea that people had where with dr- driverless cars, when you could just have a robot drive your car, they're like, you don't even need to own a car. Every car will be driverless and be working for Uber. So you can just like order any car and like every single car out there is just going to be able to pick up anyone at any time. Oh, that That's, sounds like hell.
2: Yeah. Think about the cars sitting yeah. in driveways and parking garages now not going to use. Like it's the perfect way to share our resources and uh, everyone wins. <sighs>
3: It. you know the it, actually though, I wish we would I wish we weren't so lazy and we could do our due diligence on these kind of things because my first question is when I mean, you said hundred and seventy million they're investing into this place, how much of that is grant money from the federal government because it's green, quote unquote, and this is a gigantic fucking money laundering scam where they got all this free money they're gonna build the shittiest houses they've ever gotten the place is gonna fail and go bankrupt and there's 70 million dollars just missing that they pretended cost everything cost more than it did
1: it it definitely it's probably funded through like tax credits to be fair
3: yeah i I guarantee this is a grant money that the green energy shit most of the time is run exactly like when you ever see mob movies and they were running all those like construction and, and, and like union scams, mm-hmm. it's that it's literally the same scam, except they get yeah. taxpayer money to pretend to make solar power.
2: <laughs> I forgot how small this I forgot how small this community was. Like they're marketing it as though it its own little town. Guess how big this this little town is this little quote-unquote cul-de-sac is
3: wait wait i need it i need to guess because remember 170 million 170
2: million 10 houses like how how many million per like or you know what's the price per acre
3: oh my god this is acreage (laughs) this is a 30 acre plot
2: bob what's your guess
1: oh jesus christ I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double it and say 60. Do you have the answer, Josh? I do. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm going
2: to walk in the, stre- walking the streets of the $170 million, 17-acre community, which is in reality more like a large campus within the city of
3: Tempe. Uh, $10 million per acre. How? Oh, my God. What? What? How many houses? Does it say that?
2: Um, developers hope to have about a 1,000 people live there by 2025. The first 1, 200 residents get free bikes
3: They could be saying four people per house. So like 250 houses max? Do you think they're accounting sure, yeah. for
1: something like that? Four people per household? Maybe. It might be rented out. It's not meant for families.
3: No, that doesn't even for- make sense. Because, dude, that's still like that means that they're spent they're planning on spending like seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars per house to build. They're uh, not it's building like all them apartment living. Much. This is a huge scam. They're going to spend about a hundred million building two hundred fifty th- houses and pretend it costs them one hundred and seventy.
1: That's this is what the scam is. Arizona, the. The ASU campus is six hundred and sixty acres. I don't see how, man. This is going to be the wildest <laughs> flop. Holy shit! It's like, it's hey guys, Let's, so this is like this is a money scam. two apartment
2: complexes and a park. Like that's what
1: <laughs> okay. they're okay. going.
3: Yeah, it's going to be apartment complexes, <laughs> dude. They're, they might not even spend hundred million, and they got one hundred and seventy million allegedly that they're probably mostly just grants. Somebody is raking in like seventy million in a construction scam. This is a construction slash real estate slash tax fraud scam.
1: Yeah, like definitely, I, I think it is. Okay, all right. Anything else on that topic, Josh?
2: Oh no, I just want to kind of give a, a quick update for the you know the, the status of walkable cities and what bright futures we have to look forward to.
3: Um, Do we have any voicemails tonight?
1: We do. We got one.
3: Now that football season's over, maybe Aaron can talk about it without having an aneurysm. You should go over how the NFL's definitely fake and scripted. So Dolphins. Ugh. Dolphins? Who likes the Dolphins? Retards. Fucking retards (laughs) and fucking Cubans. That's it. Not mutually exclusive,
1: by the way. And obviously. fat Italians that live in New York, <laughs> Vinny Paulino. Um, yeah, dude, I'm not, I'm not on this this script idea for the NFL. The okay, well, I I did watch uh, the Super Bowl. What was it? And the big fuck up at the very end and overtime when they kicked the ball back over to um, San Francisco. And what was it? It landed on that guy's heel, like on his cleat with his like yeah. back turned to the ball. It's like you can't plan that. How is that guy? He never saw the ball coming. Like, how would he no, plan they, be they, like.
3: The scripted shit's unhinged and retarded. What they do, I, I what they definitely do is they rig games using the refs. The refs to not call shit and then call right. bullshit on the other team all the time. That definitely happens the fucking players scripting the fucking games theory is so unnecessarily elaborate that it's too retarded to even conceive of as a real thing. Like that's stupid.
1: Yeah. All of these professional football players who are all suffering from CTE, like severe head trauma. They are not like memorizing like the lines of the script or like play by play. You know what I mean? Like,
3: yeah, just it's, it's fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, I'm not about it. Josh, what are your opinions on it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like refs can rig stuff or make some bad calls uh, that can change a couple games. Um, I'm, a, I'm like, I like athletics and sports, so I these people train hard. So there's some real stuff going on, I guess. Right.
3: Yeah it's just it's stupid it's obviously the refs you can get two guys to completely change the outcome of the game or you can give a script to 115 people with the average iq being that of a refrigerator temperature are you fucking kidding me no it's obviously they go with the ref idea that's way better
1: well i'm sorry bobby also, I respect your opinion and whatever else you said about me. <laughs> and I think that wraps up the show. See you uh, guys dude, next time.
3: We're going to have to end this show, by the way, guys, before uh, the CIA decides to send a satellite over our houses in the next seven to seven months. They're <laughs> <laughs> spying on us. Now, you know, we don't want to get on the radar. You got to really watch out with those guys. They got some high tech shit.
1: Well, not not if the government doesn't find out about our plan to invade Turkmenistan. So and as long as we keep yeah. that under wraps,
3: you know, what I keep moving. They have they would have gotten me, but I moved like every year and they're like, damn it. And I have, so I can turn around and go back down the throughway. It takes like
1: another three months. This asshole moved back to Buffalo. Fuck. There's too many clouds. You can't see anything
3: forever. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> Uh,
3: alright, guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat.
3: You've got mail. What the fuck? Don't tell me you don't like my show.